0: It up and out. <laughs> and it. by Bogut. Good recovery by Andrew Bogut.
1: Let's get rogue.
0: Welcome to Rogue Bogues Basketball Series. Myself, Andrew Bogut, Mike Procopio, Pro. How goes it the other other side of the world?
2: Not bad. Bogues got an interesting email to wake up to. Our sound guy, you know, the, the highest paid sound guy on the planet was. Email me about our referee discussion. I'm not really going to go in detail because he'll make my list, you know, sound about eight thousand times worse, you know, if I if I our uh, our daily and talks. But he, he's a referee himself. He agreed with some of the things that we were talking about about respect of the officials, and so I'm glad the sound guy was good. And then the problem was after the email, he invoiced me fucking eight hundred and fifty bucks for emailing me back. The fucking prick always <laughs> makes out. But no, it was the good. It was, good. it was very well. You
0: call him the sound guy as well. <laughs> it was, it's, it's very- the producer, Steve, <laughs> a producer. does a great job for us.
2: Oh, he does fantastic work. And he takes my <laughs> the bullshit sound jokes. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was cool. But like we were emailing back and forth about the, uh, you know, how my feeling and standards on the referee stuff. I'm glad he was listening though. That was good. Listen to the show and not just, you know. Not just taking the, you know, the eight grand, uh, an episode that you pay him. He's, he's actually listening and, uh, you know, <laughs> contributing. That's Have good. you
0: soundproofed your room yet, pro? Have you soundproofed your room? That's yeah, you know what
2: time. I did? I put eight cottons on instead of the like the real stuff. I put eight cottons on. So it sounds like it looks like a studio, but that shit doesn't do anything else. What are eight me- cottons
0: for the, for the North Americans? Are they cotton balls?
2: No, eight uh, cottons that like, uh, containers that eggs come in that styrofoam and they're bumpy oh, and they look like egg
0: cartons fuck your yeah. accent killed me bro I, I didn't know what the hell you going on about it um, like
2: yeah, yeah that's something kettle- different <laughs> that's like the kettle the, yeah that's like the fucking uh a little hypocritical but you're the pot calling
0: okay. the kettle black bro that is that there what you're you looking go. for that's it Are you allowed that's it wait it. hold on maybe we can't, we can't say that anymore we might not be able to say that um so oh, let's just shit. move on <laughs> <All>
2: right, <so laughs> um right.
0: let's get rolling uh, team of the Weeks, bro. Uh, I'm going to let you go first this week. Let's see what you got. What do you got oh, for us?
2: The, the Orlando fucking Magic, of course, beating the Phoenix Suns and beating the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Jamal Mosley has those guys rolling. And da- I believe because they blacked me out, I can't watch Dallas games unless it's national TV because they're on this Bally's network. Yeah, you know, I told you like last year they uh, – Was that.
0: Was that – is that the network or was that Rick Harlow blacking you out of the games?
2: Well, he blacked me out of like six years <laughs> of my career. But besides that, um, besides that, like, so lat, like my cable bla- um, got rid of, of Fox Sports Southwest last year, so I couldn't watch Mavericks games because they weren't on my cable. Now they switched, so I I switched to YouTube TV. And if I don't know if you have YouTube TV or not, or if it's even um offered to you guys it's unbelievable so i was all psyched i thought i was gonna get the mavs games i'm good to go and then i was fucking switched to this thing called bally's i don't get bally's so i can't watch mavs games unless it's on espn or abc or whatever so um but i watch like, a couple of days later the um you know the um the league the league pass replay. P- allows yeah allows me to watch a replay but um i believe the mavericks when they when they beat the mavericks orlando wise they um uh, they beat them without their rookie bonchero so uh that, that's how you pronounce his name but they're uh, they're they're rolling right now you know I, I mean rolling like as far as like playing hard playing teams tough look they're not a great team or anything but they're you know they're standing tall. Those guys are playing people hard. They're you know they're staying in games against good teams, and they you know they escape and, and beat some teams. You know I think they're doing really well. Two in a row. Like,
0: they won two in a row. Pro. They're they're four and three at home. Pro. They're zero and six on the road. But yeah, I, I agree that they, they are they are a tank candidate really, and you love to see tank candidates fight. So they're they're, they're doing well. I think. Um Bol, Bol You know, has Bol Bol. established a good role there.
2: No doubt. Um,
0: I had him on Luca for a bit. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a kid that look. I I watched when he was in college, high school. Um, I worked with him a little bit, at the Nike camp in, in L.A. before he went to Oregon to play. And like he was okay. I thought he was a little bit overrated, decent. And then he he, oh, he sort of came out of the gate pretty slow, you know, in his career. And he sort of got revitalized. I want to say he got traded once or twice. He moved around in his short career and then look, he found a place in, in Orlando. They're not a great team. You know, they he there's minutes for him there. And then Jamal Mosley does a really good job and their development staff does a good job with, you know, developing players a little bit. And look, the guys averaging eleven and seven. He was on the scrap heap. And uh look, he's even getting production out of Mo Bamba, my guy. So, you know, not not that he's putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers at six and three, but he's doing a lot better. So but they're doing well, man. I'm like, look, they got you know, they got Franz Wagner. You know, he's doing well. Bonchero's doing well. Wagner's averaging 18 and five. You know, Bontero's averaging 24. He's you know the top rookie in the league right now. And then Wendell Carter is averaging 18 and nine, solid. But dude, those guys just like they, they you know, they get after it. They they get after you defensively. They're cheering for each other. They're a they're a fun team to watch and they get energy. Look, like I said, they're not gonna be a great team. They're probably gonna start tanking probably come January, February, they'll be like, all right, that's great. We got a couple of, you know, got a couple of, you know, headlines. Let's uh let's pump the fucking brakes and let's try to get the Frenchman. But 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 up to this point they've been put pretty con- you know, they've been pretty consistent. So good for them.
0: Yeah, real good for them. Good for them. And they're desperate to Recapture some of that success they had earlier on in the in the in the last decade or well, probably two decades ago now mid, mid to mid to well, 2006 to 2010 11 12 they were really good yeah. so we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes I had the Washington Wizards Ooh, uh, and yeah. they yeah they are uh, they solidified my pick just minutes ago finishing with a victory versus the Memphis Grizzlies, even though that was without Ja Morant. I'll still take it. They're 4-0 and this week, Pro. They beat Charlotte. They beat Dallas. They beat Utah. They beat Memphis. Um, they've had some 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 interesting lineups. I mean, Pozingas in and out still. Kuzma was sick. He played through that. He had a really big night the other night where he popped a bunch of threes, was caught fire for a little bit there. But, you know, it's a team that I think we I think I, I might have had them out for New York. I can't remember exactly. I had them, I had them 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And they're they're surpassing expectations. Now they were in the same position last season. They were they came out of the gates really well. They were I think they were in the uh, the top four for a bit last season, pro, and then they just, you know, shit hit the fan for him, everything kind of collapsed around them. But um, they've been they've been fun to watch. I mean, Beal obviously they, they go as far as his health takes them, and that's been a big question mark for Beale throughout his career. Can he stay healthy? Can Porzingis stay healthy? So far, so good. And even with their Odd rest nights, or you know, tendonitis or soreness night kind of nights. They've they've continued to to play hard and play well, and they have a they have a, a decent squad. I mean, um, Avdia, who was a first round pick for him, has improved a lot. Uh, Kuzma's Kuzma. They got um, Kispert's been playing well for him. Monty, Monty Morris have been playing well for him. Hachimura coming off the bench for him. Will Barton, seasoned veteran, who can get it done. So they have a bunch of guys. Gafford was you know he was really really good for him last season. Uh, not playing as much, but still in the rotation. So they they have a bunch of guys that are kind of they feel kind of Utah jazzy, kind of to an extent. With probably a, you know two bona fide superstars, we kind of a lot of guys that are forgotten about, that no one's talking about other than Porzingis and um, and Beal. But yeah, I'm, I'm liking the Washington Wizards. They they're looking good, and it looks like they're going to be very competitive. Well coached, and they play hard.
2: Yeah, without question. Um... You know, like you said, Bradley Bale is going to come down to his health. You know, obviously Porzingis' health, but they've you know, they been sort of figuring it out. Um, I'll tell you one guy who's really balling out. I think that's the first time I've ever fucking used that terminology in my life, and probably the last. But Kyle Kuzma has been playing really well. Um, not saying Kyle Kuzma's, you know, playing well, but using the phrase balling out. But Kyle Kuzma at 19-7. I think he had, like, 36 last night. Um, those guys just play hard, and... Um Hachimura, who had some mental health issues last year, I, I don't even know how much he played. You know, he played he I don't even think he played most of the year last year. You know, getting a lot of play out. out. Of, yeah.
0: He came back a little came back a little bit with that mental health stuff and then yeah. and then was out again and then was back again.
2: Yeah, and they they're getting a lot of good production out of their bench. Look, they they had that great trade. In my opinion that they made, you know, to get Will Barton last year. I'm a big Will Barton fan. He's a little inconsistent, but he's good. He's like a really good fourth option and he, he gives him some stability there. He's averaging nine and three. You know, obviously we talked about Porzingis and Beal. Look, I think Porzingis is really good when you use him in the right, you know, um uh, the right frame, just sort of like the right role. You know, when when you're not just go playing through him the whole time and you just allow him to like you know, post him up once in a while, hit him on the, you know, hit him on the trail, pick and pop, pick and pop to a drive, let him face guys up, let him post up switches. When you get him in the right opportunity, he's going to be good. He's a really good player. I don't think he's an elite, great player, but that's not a knock on him. But I just think that that's where he's at. You know, and Bradley Bale, like, look, I think Bale at some, now he's got to, I think he's got to really look and say, all right, you know, we really, you know, my health hasn't been great, and we haven't been very good the last couple of years. I think I we got to figure out how to win games and how to put people in position to be successful and know where to put guys and when. They're not really getting much production out of their first round pick, their lottery pick, Johnny Davis. He's not doing much. But I'll tell you who's gotten a lot better is that Corey uh, Kispert guy. I think he's Kispert, a second yeah. year. Yeah, Kispert, like he was a shooter. I think Gonzaga, if I'm not mistaken, you know, averaging about eight and two. And yeah, you know, not bad. I'm looking like, he's not he's not going to make the Hall of Fame or anything, but they're just they're pull, pulling for each other. They're playing well, you know. And um, look, it's 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 early, but they're seven and six, man. And I think I had them above eight New and York, six.
0: eight and six. Pro they beat and Memphis on, man, eight. four in a row. They beat Memphis. Okay. Stop the disrespect. They're eight and six. Fucking asshole.
2: The king of disrespect over here is telling me not to be disrespectful. I appreciate that, you (laughs) asshole. But yeah, you know what? My bad, though, bogues. I'm going to do what 98% of the American and world public won't do admit when I'm wrong and just say I fucked up. So, you know, hey, you know, Kyrie Irving should take, you know, should take fucking notes. Bogues, I'm sorry. I apologize. And hopefully it won't happen. (laughs) Don't say sorry
0: to me. Say sorry to the Wizards. The disrespect. I mean, they're just trying to get it done. They're trying to get to the promised land, man, the Washington Wizard. We don't talk about it much, and we're finally talking about them. You're just shitting on their record.
2: <laughs> it's record, you asshole, not record. You James Bond wannabe motherfucker, but go ahead. Let's go. <laughs> All right, my honorable
0: mentions this week for Tweet uh, – sorry, Tweet of the Week, Team of the Week. Uh, Indiana Pacers, I think they've – you know, they're – we had I had them as dead last. Yeah, me too. Season, but I just thought they'd be. I thought they'd be awful. I thought they'd be in the full full tank mode. They're six and six. Um, good balance. Uh, they, you know, Carlisle definitely got them playing well. Boston have to be mentioned as well. Um, they've won six straight, but I'm not giving them full credit for that because they played Detroit. twice in that six straight span. And look, we try to go with different teams every now and then Boston could obviously win it every other week of the way they've been playing. So we gotta, we gotta, I gotta give them a shout out as well, but that's my honorable mentions. Any for you, pro?
2: No, I'll co-sign. I'll definitely co-sign the paces. Look, this is a perfect, like Rick Carlisle team. Like they're uh, underdog guy fucking hates to lose. He's not like a, you know, guy's not a a tank kind of guy and he's always competitive at everything he does. and, this is a good team for him because it's like under the radar guys. He's got a guy like Halliburton who's doing well. Look, arguably, they got probably a top two rookie. And and, and I think I'm going to fucking butcher the kid's name, but Matherin averaging 19.9 a game, like 20 40 rebounds. Yep. Yeah, besides Bonchero, he's probably going to be, you know, probably going to be up there. All, first team all rookie. The guys. guys You know, he's sort of got the makings of an all-star. It was just, they're playing hard. And that's, look, there's not a lot of expectations there. There's plenty of time to lose games, especially if they trade these guys, Turner, you know, Turner and Heal. But look, Turner's averaging 17 and nine, Heal's 18 and six. Like, they're playing hard, man, and they compete. And that's what that's the type, type of team that he's good with. You know, no, like, superstar that he has to sort of coach around. You know, just sort of good players across the board that he could just sort of do what he does, and you know, like you know, this guy's a driven coach. We're, we're not on each other's Christmas list, but I'll give the guy some credit when he you know his credits you know do. I think he's, you know, this is a perfect team for him, so he's good. I think they're they're in a good mode. I think past January, just like the Orlando Magic, you're gonna see some some guys out with uh you know, with the flu or you know or with something else to to get them out of the game. back, pro. COVID's oh, it's back. back, again. back. So, oh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: my bad. I didn't, yeah, I, didn't yeah. I didn't I didn't turn on CNN this month, so I didn't know that. But yeah, you're yeah, right. It's back. But it's back. It's back. Nice. So. Yep. All
0: right. Now, Pro, look, we've got some feedback. The the people out there or oh uh, well, one person in particular has emailed and said, "Look, he's kind of confused by the the, the team of the week versus the team of the week." week. You know, yep. um I thought it was pretty clever cuz it's a pretty decent play on words and it's the same abbreviations TOTW. So we we're, we're, we're taking suggestions on how we rename the second team of the week, which is the shitty team of the week, Pro. You, you got any you got any suggestions or thoughts on how we should rename it? I've got one. It's Team of the Motherfucking Week. Uh and yeah, then implies yeah. that they're shit. Uh but that's about as far as my brain could take me, Pro. You got any any suggestions for us renaming that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I my suggestion would be that for the person who emailed you, they can't tell the difference between the two that, you know, I know it probably takes them about four hours to make minute rice and takes them three hours to watch 60 minutes. But, like, I think the guy should, you know, should read a dictionary and figure out that. <laughs> no, don't shit on our listeners, bro. Come it's on, w- man. Listener, you know we only really
0: think... have two or three listeners and yeah, we're going to lose one now. Uh, no, you now we're down to two. Uh,
2: that's all right. You know, mm. Pat Beverly's but got a yes. podcast now so he can go to him.
0: But yes, you you some advice. Once you're within the first sentence of either of these team of the week, you can kind of get a feel for the direction of which one how about, it is, it's about. How
2: about. Team of the week, team of the weaker. I mean, I mean, like yeah. team. Of the I week, like. Uh. Week. Yeah,
0: there you go. See, yeah,
2: there you go. I, I like now, week too.
0: I think now, it's just a clever play on words, you know.
2: Now, fuck, I ain't gonna say it because you know I i I wasn't in kindergarten when I was twelve years old, like I actually had an education that I could know the difference between week and week, but that's just me, so no offense to the person who who wrote who wrote in emailed in. Wrote, you know, my thing is, did he write his letter in crayon, or was it was it actually pen? Was it, you know, what
0: was it? <laughs> we, we love our listeners. We love our listeners. If you want to roast from pro, write in with more uh, suggestions for the show. I'm but we, to get i on noticed trying
2: cameo. It. I'm trying to get on cameo. So this is a good this is good <laughs> practice for that.
0: But yes, uh, the differentiator is usually the first sentence. You can tell if if we're in a positive mood or we're shitting on someone. You can kind yeah. of feel, but. Maybe maybe we'll we'll, we'll explain it uh, a little bit better. But anyway, this is the team of the week, and it's Minnesota. I'll give you a tip: they're not that good. Uh, they're not <laughs> that good. So this is this is the week. But they did just win as as we uh, do this podcast. They beat Cleveland in Cleveland. A good win. No Donovan Mitchell. Uh, not the greatest in wins. There were other candidates. Uh, you know, the Lakers have lost five straight. Um, they're definitely an honorable mention for me. Uh, Cleveland's actually an honourable mention um, they've they've started off with a bang and, and they've uh, lost four straight Ouch. remember they started the season 8 and 1 uh, they've now lost four straight a couple of tough losses uh, Sacramento was in there I think the Lakers were in there too um, mm-hmm. maybe, were they? Uh, no they, they, they didn't beat they beat the Lakers sorry it was Sacramento that was a bad loss for them they were up and they came back mm-hmm. uh, who would be the other one? Charlotte uh, they're horrible uh, they look bad um, yeah you know balls, balls back and do think that's going to change much. They've lost uh, eight straight, three and eleven. Uh, they might be the Victor, the underdog for Victor that we didn't pick. Pro, yeah. um, but yes, uh, uh, go ahead.
2: No, I think they're I think they're happy with this because look, they're not very good. <laughs> they roster, rostered. Yeah. they got ball. I'm not a huge ball fan. I don't think you could win with them. But I, I think he he is a little exciting to play if you like that sort of stuff. And then you pair him with you know the French kid. You got something going. Why wouldn't you do this? Like no one's expecting much out of you. Um, you know, you got a you got a good coach that's coaching your team. Why not? In my opinion, you go for it. You just lose, lose, lose. No one's gonna care. And if you get the kid plus ball, and then you can make some changes on your roster, you could be decent. But that's my feeling on that.
0: And I forget next season they'll have bridges. will have his ankle bracelet off. Uh, he'll be out of jail, oh, so he'll be allowed to probably play a full season. Um, so maybe they're building towards that. Just let's just build for next season. Forget about this season. But we're not talking about them. Their honorable mentions. I'm going to go back to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The reason why I've got them in there is that I know you don't look too much into this stuff, pro. But I think it's important. Their strength of schedule, pro, for Minnesota, oh. is mm-hmm. 27th in the league. Damn. And their rec- their record was. Well, it was five and eight. They're now six and eight after they got a win against a depleted Cleveland. That's concerning. So they've got one of the, they've had one of the easiest uh, schedules in the league at twenty seven, and they suck. Um, very concerning. Lost three straight this week. Um, you know the, the Knicks, Suns, and Grizzlies all by double digits. Not one of those games was in single digits. Now, mm. and we know the Knicks aren't aren't setting the world on fire either. The Suns know Chris Paul. Grizzlies have been up and down. It just looks like they hate playing with each other. Um, it really mm-hmm. does. You know, there's the there's the uh, the clip of uh, Anthony Edwards, those who haven't seen it, come out <laughs> yeah. of a timeout. They're running a play obviously not for Anthony Edwards and he just stands there like just an arsehole, uh, arsehole move. Plays not for me, I'm going to stand here and pout, just stood there with his arms, arms, arms by his side, didn't move. That was concerning. If that wasn't you know, as concerning for for listeners out there that are Minnesota fans. A few games later, D'Angelo Russell forgets to check into to the game mm-hmm. after subbing someone out, stands at the scorer's table and leaves his the leaves Minnesota Timberwolves with four players on the court in live play. <laughs> and things come down, brick a three, get the offensive rebound because they've got one extra man on the court, kick it out, hit another three, knock it down. And then you wonder why Minnesota's six and eight. Um People might look at, oh, it's the go bear and the towns thing. It just doesn't fit. I somewhat agree. Like I think it's not the greatest fit. Like I've said, I think Towns is better offensively at the five because it creates mismatches. Putting him at the four, he's got to, you know, post up a little bit more. Can't do that as much because Rudy's already in the paint. And then on the defensive end, <laughs> Towns just looks awful. Not a great defender as it is. You now put him at the four where he's guarding these quicker kind of KD types. That's a that's a suicide mission for him. Um and then, you know, you got Gobert in the paint. So there's that talk. But outside of that talk, the body language, you know, Edwards has come out and said, I don't have a dunk this season because look at the paint. I can't get in there. Well, let me give you a tip. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of guys. Vince Carter played in an era where there was a uh, – Charles Oakley was at the four with with a big five man, you know. So he was still getting his dunks. Like there's there's always a way to do it. And I think they're they're kind of – they just look like they don't like each other and this looks like it's going to implode before it really even gets a fair shake and a chance to see how it goes, pro. I don't know what your thoughts are there.
2: You know, Bogues, I I totally agree with you with the bad fit as far as like, not bad fit, but the bad body language and the unprofessionalism. Look, I've never been, you know, I've never been a big fan of you know being unprofessional for players and, you know, um, I've never been a D'Angelo Russell fan, you know, and, and look, he hasn't been terrible, but he's just not. He's not a guy that I'm trying to uplift my team with, right? And then Edwards, look, Edwards has got to understand that he's a good player. He's a really good player, but to take that next step, he's got to be. Look, Russell sort of took the same attitude, young, you know, early on in his career, where like he would do these things. That would be negative and put a negative light on himself as far as like the way he acted, some of the things that he said, the, you know, some of the antics that he would do. And this is in an early stages of his career. Look, the talent's there. But what he needs to really do is, look, he's got to fight through this stuff regardless of, you know, what's going on, winning, losing, you um, you know he's got to really figure things out and and have a, a better attitude about this. You know carry himself as a professional. If you win, you lose. What have you? Learn from every deal and try to pick this thing up. Because you know, look, he's putting up numbers. He's twenty one and five, arguably their best player. But you know he came out. He came in out of shape a little bit during the beginning of the season. He hasn't been great, and he's got to try to find a way to pick this thing up. And yes, the Anthony. You know, the Kyle Anthony Townsend and Rudy thing, it's not working themselves either. But, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things. You got to pick each other up. You got to be professional. You got to fight through things. You know, um, I haven't heard of a a team-only meeting. I think they might want to start with that. As we say on the show, it doesn't start until, you know, until we have a players-only meeting. Maybe they should start a couple of those. Maybe they already have had one, but... um, Bugs, they're, just def- they're definitely trending in the wrong direction. And look, he traded about 72 draft picks to get Gorbier, So there's no backup here. There's no backup plan. Um, I don't think you're going to get anything for Russell in trade. I don't think you're going to get much with Carl Anthony Townsend trade. You'll get a little bit, but you're not going to make this move that's going to make you this much of a better team. This is what you have you got the Edwards and Gorbeir show as far as your best two players then you got you, know, you got to deal with Towns Russell however you're going to you figure this thing out but there's really no great young player they got saving them there's no you know there's no real trade they could make that's going to really make this thing you know better so they got to figure some things out it's going to get ugly i didn't even figure this 27th in schedule deal this is this is ridiculous so you're 27th in schedule and this is your record yeah, that's that's gonna be a rough one, man. Not good, not good. Who you got? Dallas Mavericks, folks. Losses back to back. I mean, just I mean, look, you got to do it. I mean, you lo- you lose to Orlando, which you should not lose to. I don't care if you're on the home, you're on the road. Um, they didn't have their best player, and you, you, know, you, you know they they figured it out and they, they didn't play. Look, you can't play up to competition. You know, if you want to make a if you want to make a sort of a jump. In you know, in your season, you know, from last season to this season, you can't be losing the Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards. I don't care if it's a back to back. I don't care if it's on home or on the road. You got to figure some things out. And right now, they they got to figure a lot out. You know, JaVale McGee has gone from starter to you know, you know, basically just, you know, basically, on the outside looking in. You know, then you got you know. You got to figure this Dimwitty thing out. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been very inconsistent all season. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith, you know, he does what Dorian usually does, you know, averages about 10, but he's got to really up his game. You know, to, he's got to give him 12, 13 a game. Reggie Bullock has been off and on. You know, they really haven't had anything to really hang their hat on. Christian wood has been better than advertised, in my opinion. He's averaging 15 and 8, 16 and 8. and He's done well, but um, Josh Green has been gotten a lot better. He's at at one time during the you know last few weeks, he's one of the best three point shooters in the league. I, I obviously because he didn't attempt a lot, but um, but two losses, two really bad losses. They've been they've been inconsistent, and unlike last year where like COVID hit them and they went really cold. I mean they're seven and five; they're not terrible, but losing to those two teams, you're like wow. Like, and I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think they'll pick it up. But they got to figure out how good they are, Bogues, because, you know, they're different from last year. And, you know, they don't have Brunson, obviously. They got to figure some things out. And I don't I don't know where this is going to come from, in my opinion. Like, you know, Luka leading the league. I think leading the league. Don't quote me on it. But leading the league in usage rate, one of the b- biggest of all time, you know, with that. And at some point, like, someone else has got to, you know, step up consistently. No. Dimwitty's been good, eighteen and five, but they they got to get they got to get more out of their bench. They got to get more consistency scoring, because they can't just have like Luca. you know, score forty one. Dimwitty score nineteen, and then everybody else at like six, seven, five, five, six. You know, like they need you know they need some help for sure. What do you think, both? Yeah, I mean, I thought they were rolling
0: before that. They they won a, won a bunch of games before that. They looked like they were starting to get in sync. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're two bad losses. Um, I think they're tr- still trying to figure out lineups. You know, Javel McGee started. Jason Kidd famously saying in training camp, that's our starting center. Well, that, that didn't last very long. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what what's – something seems amiss there. I'm not sure what it is right now. I thought they had a pretty good balance. I think Dinwiddie's better off the bench in my opinion, but then what do you do with Hardaway Jr.? I mean, it, you know, it's it's all over the place, and, and my worry is – you know, Luca's usage, whether it's whether it is one, you're right, or whether it's top three, I don't know what it is exactly, but if if let's say it is one, um, that's concerning that this early in the season, you know, basically he doesn't play while they lose. And and that's a pretty easy scout for most parts, right? Now it's easier said than done stopping one guy. Um, people might think he's easy, but a guy like Luka Doncic is very, very hard. Everything, all the schemes and everything are, are all catered towards, you know, limiting what he does, and he still has a 40 forty-point triple-double, right? But you know, injury, overload, tiredness—you know—the um, grind gets to him at some point, and they go on a losing streak. You know, that's that's a concern. They they got to have a bit more balance. And that balance, unfortunately, has to go to Dinwiddie and Hardway Jr. And I think Hardway Jr. hasn't been great this season. Dinwiddie's been very inconsistent. Those two need to be much more consistent. They need to, Those two combined should at least take up the slack that Brunson left, right? Um, and then you've got other guys, you know, uh, Dorian, you know, Kleber so on and so forth. Woods has been decent for him. But, yeah, they're, they're missing something. It just, just doesn't seem like it's clicking for him. I thought they'd be much better. But, look, we are still somewhat early. But my concern is does Luca? you know, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders, man. And I know I know he embraces that and loves that. But, you know, you still want to have – all the good teams still have – like Jason Tatum can have a six for 25 night and they can still win, right? Um the Warriors, Steph can have a bad shooting night; they can still win. Probably not, not so much this season, but for the most part, like historically, uh, you look at look at all these teams that are the top, the, the the big top half of the standings. Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, geez, they 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 go and beat OKC. You know, OKC now OKC had no slouches. Uh, they're playing very very good basketball, very team orientated basketball. They win that game with, you know, Javon Carter. Was it? Is it Javon? Yeah. Kind of. um, has has thirty six. I mean, that guys step up. Giannis was out. A few other guys was out. It looked like that was like, oh, okay, okay see so he's going to get this one at home. You know, the Bucks have circled this on the, on the schedule and we're going to rest guys and they're going to they get the win. So I don't have that confidence in Dallas. I think Lucas sits out, they lose <laughs> straight away to me. Like he sits out a game, they're losing. Until they can get to that point where they can at least – you know, hold that ship steady for two or three games of the Luka injury, or or through a Luka bad phase of shooting nights. I'm not confident in Dallas Mavericks, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like they got to be able to prove that they can steal a game here or there uh, on a Luka bad night. As of today, they can't.
2: No, they can't. And playmaking's big. Like Dimwitty's not a bad playmaker, but like they don't like those guys we talk about Finney Smith, Bullock, Kleber, Powell, they all need a playmaker, right? Like Hardaway Jr is pretty good at creating for himself, but not a lot of those other guys are good at creating for themselves. They need that. And that's where Luca's the best, where you could just surround Luca but you know, with anybody and he could he knows where and when to give it to him, where it puts him in a, a position to be successful and help them win. And when he's got an off night and the shooting's been off and on for sure. Um, but you know, it's 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 sort of what he's been dealing with his whole career. And it's been up and down with that. You know, I think Brunson game a little bit different deal. Like, look, scoring wise, Dimwitty sort of created what Brunson game last year. But I think the, you know, what Brunson was better at. Now, Brunson's not a great playmaker with vision. Like, he's not a great like passer or anything like that. He's good, you know, shot maker, scorer, um, tough kid, plays smart. But they don't have that other playmaker now. You know where, I, you know, they don't. They 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 just sort of missing that from off the bench. So it'll be interesting where they go from here, Bogues. But look, it's got plenty of season. They're fine. I still think they're going to be a top four team in the West or top five team in the West. You know, I think they could still beat teams because of Luca Now, you know, but I think everyone else here now needs to step up just a little bit. You're not going to come out of character and go from average eight to 18 or anything, but collectively people just got to do a little bit more. And, you know, you got to make it where like, it can't just be the Luca show every night. A lot of other people just got to step up and just sort of play, just play five percent better, eight percent better, and figure out you know where it's going to come from. Hardaway has really been the player that's been off most of the year. You know, look, last year before they made the trade, he got hurt. You know, he got hurt for the year, so he really didn't get a chance to play with everybody. You know, for the, you know, especially Dimwitty. You know, for the whole year. So like, but now he's got to find himself a little bit. That that was last year. This is now he's got to up his game if there's anybody who could really step up i mean he's been he he's been shooting it very poorly he's been erratic he's got to step up and go from like he's averaging like 12 and 2 you know his numbers really ain't great and then you know shooting the ball he's shooting at 33% you know 33 from the three and 34 from the field he's got to step his game up with this too so it would be interesting they got plenty of time i'm not really all that worried about it but yeah definitely this week from losing those two games i was like yeah Got to give it to him. And you can't give me shit about being a fucking hometown fan for the Mavericks like you did last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's changed. It's changed. Um, maybe a little changes the sports pro. All right. Standings right now. Just looking at them real quick. I'm going to give our, our surprises and our disappointments. I mean, we both would agree the Utah Jazz at number one in the West would be not just a surprise for you and I, but for the whole basketball NBA world. Without question. I mean – Ten and four, you know uh, what are they? Five and zero at home, five and four on the road. Best, you know, best record I think in the NBA bar. Uh, Sorry, the the Western Conference, and then you got Milwaukee and Boston with better records, but they they should be commended. They've they've started the season so well. Balanced roster, a bunch of bunch of just solid players that have just you know goes a lot to say. Are they going to win championship? Like Pro said a couple weeks ago, no, but they're. They're solid and they don't beat themselves. You got to you got to actually play hard and beat them. And I think a lot of a lot of teams have been stung by them early in the season by just rolling up, thinking they're a tank team, and then they look at this box score at the end of the game and like, how do we lose that game? So, give I give credit to them. I think they've been they're overachievers. Portland Trailblazers at number two, right after them, overachieving, um, playing very very well, especially when Dame went out. So they're six and two on the road, pro. So they're playing real well on the road. Three and two at home. They're probably my my overachievers I would have right now. Biggest disappointments in the West, um, the Lakers, Rockets expected. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves have to be in there, in my opinion. I think they've been disappointing from the get-go. The Warriors haven't been great out of the box. They're probably my two biggest disappointments up until this point. I think the Warriors bounce back and they'll make, that, they'll make a playoff run here eventually. Um, but those two teams and then if we go out East, I think for me – Philly and Miami have been disappointing. Um, You know, Philly's injuries, guys in and out of lineups, I get it. But even when they had their healthy roster at the start of the season, they didn't look good. It looked janky. It didn't look look like it fit that well. Um, Embiid a little bit underdone out of the offseason, not fully healthy. Excuses, 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 but they've been disappointing. The Miami Heat have also been disappointing. Now, they've won two straight. They're on a bit of a streak to, to start off now. And they'll, probably, they'll be fine. Both these teams are going to make the playoffs, in my opinion, still, but they've been disappointing to start the season. Uh, overachievers out east, I think. Uh, Washington and Indiana, for me. I think Atlanta, too. They're quietly snuck into third place, by the way, but it is still early. But I think Washington and Indiana, for me, are the biggest surprises in the Eastern Conference, Pro. What do you have for us?
2: Yeah, sort of mimic them. most of the things that you're saying, Bogues. You know, obviously Utah Jazz has been the huge star. you know, of basketball, you know, as far as like the 10-4 and four start, um, you know, playing well and just sort of on top of things. Portland Trailblazers are a lot better than I thought. You know, it's early, you know, of course, you know, 20, 25 games in, that's when you want to start making calls. But um, at 9-4, and four, you know, really competitive, um, a lot more competitive than I thought. I thought they're doing a lot better. They're holding you know, they're holding court. I, I gotta give a lot of credit to the San Antonio Spurs. I thought they were gonna be the Indiana Pacers with worse weather and with better weather and, and be one of the worst teams in the league. But you know, they've been holding steady. I mean, they're not killing it, but they're six and seven, a lot better than I thought. Um, you know, everything's sort of status quo for the most part. Look, the Mavericks are struggling a little bit. Phoenix is you know, sort of. They're fifth. It's not like they're twelfth or anything. So they're they're doing okay. Memphis Grizzlies, right where we expect. Um, you know, I think on the other side of things, Washington Wizards has been a you know a eight and six record. They've they're, they've been holding strong there. Indiana Pacers six and six. We talked about that. Um, you know, Toronto Raptors thought they were going to be a little bit better coming out, but um, yeah, definitely the Heat. Definitely the Heat and Philly have been very, um, you know, under par, you know, for what you expect. Um, maybe you would expect it out of Philly because they're so heavy with Embiid, you know, and you know, Embiid and Harden. You know, if, if somebody's going to go down, they're really, you know, they're really screwed. But you didn't expect that out of Miami. You know, I don't think they've had a lot of injury issues this year so far. Um, I might be wrong on that, but like, they just for one reason or another, just not getting it done. And they've been pretty steady. Again, it's early, you know, teams that still figure it out, but it's not like they had like eight free agents signed with them. They sort of have the same deal, you know, and um, Tyler hero has been, you know, been decent, you know, big contract. He signed in the off season. He's been, he's been pretty steady at 19 and six and, you know, Max Strauss has been been really good at sixteen and four. Jimmy Butler twenty-two and seven. Like they've got guys that are doing their thing. Bama out of bio at nineteen and nine, eighteen and nine, excuse me. But like, yeah, for some reason they're just sort of underwhelming. And yeah, so that's sort of really what I have as far as the standings and teams that were, you know, sort of up and down on things. And I'll tell you what, the fucking Brooklyn Nets, you know, from all what they've been doing through with the Kyrie Irving deal and all and the Ben Simmons debacle. I, did they win like four out of five without Kyrie or something like that? Did, did I read that correctly, Bogues? They're like four and Yeah, one they're, out. they're
0: playing well. They're playing better. They're definitely playing better. And and Ben Simmons off the bench. Yep. Yeah. I've got that in our notes for our next next topic. But uh, they're definitely looking better. They're starting to get – I guess the rotation is starting to solidify the way they want to play. Um, like I said from day dot, the Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets of last season, it's hard, man, to be missing your star players every other game. It's just <laughs> – yeah, it's 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 becoming more and more noticeable. The teams that look at the Utah Jazz, no real superstars, but they're together. They're they know their rotations. You know uh, these teams. It's it's easier to play that way. You know your role. I'm coming in. I need to do this. I need to do this for us to win. I need to do this for us to win. I need to do this. And it's if I don't do that, then blah 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 blah. Whereas you know some of these teams that rely on stars resting and not resting, it can hurt you. Now Brooklyn kind of know. All right, this is the this is the hand we've we've, we've been dealt. This is our roster. We're not waiting on anyone. We're just going to play accordingly, right? And they're uh, they're playing much better basketball. Now, League Pass Update, bro. I don't know if you got this on in the background. Uh, Utah Jazz might go down. Philly 101, Utah 98. Joel Embiid has had a night for the ages so far. There's two minutes left in this game. He has 55 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 blocks and a steal. Damn. 18 for 26 from the field. One for four from three and 18, 22, 18 for 22 from the line. He's balling. He's single-handedly carrying the Philadelphia 76ers past Utah Jazz if they win this game. Now, Utah Jazz starters weren't great um, and they've, they've gone to their bench. Sexton's playing well, Beasley's playing well. But just a quick update. That's a, that's a a. I just saw a quick uh, stat muse, 50 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, five blocks in a game. Is That would be the first player in NBA history with that line, bro. Um, oh, that might be one. of them. Eight, not, Yeah, now he's up to eight assists. So, uh, stat StatMuse, shout out for that one. But that's Joel Embiid seems to have heard the detractors about him coming into this season a little bit slower than he has. And he is out of night tonight so far. So, we'll see if they'll let everyone know if they win that game the next minute or two, pro. But um, yeah, hopefully they can start to get on a little run. All right, Jack Vaughn takes over in Brooklyn. What well, happened, pro? Uh your boy your boy Woj said that uh, the email doka thing was a done deal. Um, do you think this is a part of Joe Sai's moral compass that he's lecturing Kyrie and was about to hire a guy that has a you know an investigation pending on him and then came to the realisation this might not look too good from lecturing Kyrie or they just chickened out from the bad PR? What what's the deal there? Why why do they uh I- r- go against what everyone thought was gonna happen?
2: I think size moral compass is caught in the Bermuda fucking triangle. To be honest with you, so I don't think he has one of those. But <laughs> I, I think that um, I think if I had to be a betting man and a guessing man, and if I was gonna bet, I'd obviously do it with do- uh, dabble for sure because I have to gamble responsible. Responsible. I think I should that's be paid right. for. I think I should be paid for that ad, but that's just me. But what I would say is that Adam Silver was like. No, no. Or or they just got that they got bombarded with organizations, with sponsors, with all that, you know, regardless of where anyone lies on this thing about how bad it was versus how bad it wasn't. When you have this overwhelming, like, you know, overwhelming response to people from people, you know, in a negative tone about, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know how it is. Everybody in the NBA is dictated by money and, if, and, and yeah. not only money, but publicity. And if it was going to go negative with this stuff, then I think that, you know, I think Adam Silver probably had to step in and be honest with you and be like, you know what, guys, we might want to pump the brakes on this thing. Um, I don't think it was Josiah, if I had a guess. Maybe it was. I'm not an insider like that. So I'm just sort of going gut reaction that like Joe Josiah would have been all for it. You know, look, if Woj... You know, I think Woj and Shams had it out. And if Woj put something out, you know, he's done his homework. He definitely got intel saying that, look, this is what's going to happen. You know, he's probably at like a 98.7 on his success rate with that stuff. And, you know, I think it was more like it was out there. It took a couple of days. In that couple of days was like, you know, probably got a lot of negative feedback. And like I said, if I had a guess the league stepped in and be like, yeah, that, that shouldn't happen. And So that's just me. What what do you think, both?
0: Yeah, I think the the bad PR. I think Joe is, you know, lecturing Kyrie and giving him fifteen <laughs> steps he needs to do to come back and do a somersault and then go to Brazil and stand on the Holy Hill and say a prayer and come back and then he's allowed to play again. Whatever other list of demands he has, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Um, regardless of, I disagree with with you know. Whatever's been done, uh, you know, Kyrie posting that, not knowing what it was. Uh, but I strongly, I uh, strongly disagree with with this <laughs> list of punishments. And I'm glad some players have finally found their, their their inner voice. When there's it's about any other issue, they're loud and proud and, and out there. Well, I, I commend the few players that have actually come out and said. Um, Jalen Brown is one of them that said, "No, this is this is this is too much. This is bullshit." So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're just scared of the bad PR. Uh, there was something going on there, but who knows? Maybe Joe, Joe, Sai had a, a position, a former colleague of Alibaba that called and said, Hey, we need a good army commander type to, to run our, our little, uh, Uyghur slave camp there that's making all our, all our products. And Udoka could be the man for the job, pro. <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know these days. Uh, good old Joe Sai that ran that, um, a company with some some questionable practices, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think they're starting to steady out with Jock Vaughn. Uh, I think that he's he's starting to find um, kind of a mojo with that team. So I liked his comment. What was his comment around getting that job? I, I wasn't. By his wife I wasn't the uh, not
2: being the second choice by his wife, and they've been together. He's the second choice yeah. of his wife, and he's been together forever or whatever, like ten years or twelve years, whatever.
0: Yeah. Exactly, so it works out. He's a Spurs guy. He's got some of that Spurs blood in him. So the guys have seemed to respond have responded well to him. Um, and that's you know that's always the biggest question with these coaching hires is how to how to how to players like a Kevin Durant and those kind of guys respond to a, a non big name head coach. And I think they've responded. So I I, I think he's been good so far. He's he's had the the strength. Um, to bench Ben Simmons as well, and I think that's been a you know that's been a huge huge adjustment for them because I think it's freed up their starting lineup to play open and free without having to you know kind of uh, you know think about Ben oh how can we get Ben going you know how can we get him going oh his confidence blah 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 they're just going out and playing now and Ben can find that form off the bench and he's he hasn't played great off the bench but he's. Tried. He's tried when he's got out there. He's trying to be productive. His numbers aren't great, but they're winning. So I like the formula, and it, it, that's a ballsy move by Jacques Vaughn. You know, like he's only been on the job for what four or five games, and he's he's benching one of their max guys. That's not an easy decision, believe me. And that can that can that can sometimes cause vibrations throughout a roster and throughout a club. But uh, I'm sure he handled that the right way and met with him beforehand before it was all done. And I, I like the adjustment, ballsy move. Uh, and I think this could be a move that gets them back into the top six, top seven, top eight, and hopefully competing for a a good playoff spot pro. So, uh, great job by Vaughn, Josiah, not so much. Um, and yeah, we'll see, we'll see where they end up, but, uh, they'll, they'll be battling, I think for a playoff spot when it's all said and done, just a matter of matter of where pro.
2: Yeah. I think that those guys are moving the ball, um, you know, look, sometimes it's good just to have one guy that really scores it and then everybody else just sort of moving into the space, moving moving the ball, getting open looks and they're playing well. I I like Jacques Vaughn. Look, he didn't have a really good uh, first head coaching experience in Orlando. He was pretty bad actually. Um but I think the first time you coach you figure it out. You figure out I think it's more important to figure out what you did wrong versus anything else. And I think he probably, you know, being an assistant coach now. Uh, he's was a scout in the league. I think I forgot where he scouted with. Like after he got fired, I think he scouted maybe for the Spurs or maybe it was Brooklyn. I'm not sure, but he was he was definitely a, um, you know, personnel guy sort of watched the league for about a year or so got back into coaching and look like I think the best thing you can do at this juncture is not hire a new head coach and then a new guy that no one really knows that well although he was an assistant a couple years back I think Adoka but like he's been with them he's been there in training camp those guys have been with them I think like you don't want to hire a new coach that really hasn't been around your team, and then you got to figure some things out, especially what they've been through, especially with the. I think it's it's a little volatile with the Durant deal, as far as like how much could he take for, until he says, you know what, I'm out. You know, I'm, I'm you know this is enough. This Is enough fucking Tom fuckery for one for one season. So having a guy like Vaughn, who's been there all year, been steady. Players obviously respect him. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have hired him if that was, you know, if that wasn't the case. I think having a guy like that that's steady and solid, that's you know, and that players are rallying around a little bit. I think it's good versus hiring a new guy. Got to figure things out. He's been embattled. He's been off, you know. He's been off, you know, off on his own for the last month or two months or so. You know, after this whole deal blew up in his face. So hiring a guy like that and then trying to steer the ship and that pressure of. Performing, I would rather hire a Jacques Vaughn and figure things out, you know, and and see what they got. Like, you know, Simmons coming off the bench, I like that as well. Look, they got a lot of good pieces, like role player wise, guys who play hard. The Nicholas Claxton is the world, Royce O'Neal is the world. You know, Markeith Morris is coming back, and not that he gives a lot, but you know, Seth Curry's been out. You know, he 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 provides shooting. Joe Harris is still getting in. You know, it's sort of. You know, getting in the, in the shape of things. Cam Thomas really started the year weak, and now he's been doing a little bit. And you know it's not actually that bad, folks? I don't know you, what your thoughts are. That uh, Watanabe kid, you know, the, the Japanese. Yeah, he play, plays he, hard, man. He does he plays play hard. hard. I didn't know much about him. I watched him. Yeah, I don't watch Brooklyn a lot because my, well, my two clients play in the West. But, like, watching him. And actually, he just tipped a shot in as I'm talking to you, um, watching the Laker-Brooklyn game now. But, like, he plays hard. So, Look, I think when you have a bunch of guys who play hard with just one score and the ball just doesn't stop, I think that you you have a chance. And, you know, look, they're playing hard and those guys are just sort of playing their role. And, yeah, good for Jacques Vaughn, man. You, You know, you never really you never really hear that story sometimes when guys get it. You know, like I think certain guys get second, third, fourth, fifth chances and they keep fucking it up. Like, you never really hear a guy that just got a chance, fucked up the first chance, and got that second chance. And he got a second chance, and he's so far so good. He's doing well. You no know, shit. I mean, look, who doesn't want to see Kevin Durant in the playoffs at a decent seed and sort of going? The guy's one of the best players in the league. You know, let it happen, especially with all the shit that they've been dealing with, with, you know, with Kyrie and, and Ben Simmons and all this other stuff. And uh, it's good for them to see a little bit of success
0: it is and just as we continue this on Utah have gone down 103 to 98 to Jinkston. Philly yes John Embiid has 57 11 8 and 7 blocks Damn. almost a quadruple double um, amazing amazing line 19 for 28 from the field sensational line there you won't see you won't see like a line like that for a long long time um, and as Stamu says it's might be ever because it is the first time ever in NBA history someone's had that stat line. So good on Joel Embiid finding some form. All right, I want to scrap the last two minute report, Pro. Uh, I think this is the most pointless thing the NBA huh. do. For those not familiar with what it is, every game the NBA does a two last two minute report of what our officials got right and what they got wrong and what calls were right and what wasn't and blah 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 blah. To me, I think it's a slap in the face to teams that got screwed on calls for the most part. Um, you know, and, and Sacramento. Have lost two games in that fashion, where there were questionable calls late in the game. One was a Clay Thompson foul. The other one, I think, was a travel against was it Miami uh, or someone else um, that hit a shot. But anyway, I, I don't see the point in this pro. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna change the result, if you're not gonna find your officials publicly because of it, if you're not gonna make some sort of you know adjudication to, towards a bad call, what's the point in putting it out? All it's doing is saying you know, before a media or a coach come out and say, we got screwed on this call. It's like, yeah, 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 we, we, we did it in our last two-minute report. It's right there for you to read. It's like, how does this help us? You know, it doesn't It doesn't change the fact that now it's cost to sack two games. Imagine it costs a team a playoff spot or something like that. So, um, and like I said, bad calls happen in a sport. That's just, just scrap the two-minute report. I don't I don't want to, I think it's just, it's a cherry on top of the slap in the face, in my opinion, because you, you already know you got screwed on the call. And the NBA comes out and says, oh, yeah, yeah, you know that call you got screwed on? You were right. You you do get screwed on. But ah, better luck next time. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on a pro, but I think they need to get rid of it.
2: Yeah, especially if you're not going to do anything with it. Like, look, players all the time are evaluated by their own team, by, you know, in their in and out of the league, you know, not the stars, but a lot of the other players are in and out of the league based on production. And I, I think that with referees, if you're going to continue, look, every, everybody's going to make a mistake. You know, um, refs going to miss. There's too, there's too many things that they got to look at, look for at every possession, you know, in a game not to miss some. Of course, they're going to miss some, right? But like if they, they got to be some type of a point system where if they make a lot of mistakes and they're not accurate in their calls, that they got to have to A, get you know, get punished by limiting their playoff games that they, that they work on. The second thing is, look, I I would, you know, I would do a suspension deal where you got to miss a game and with pay if, you know, look, if you're not producing and take you off a game here and there and say, look, this is, you're the highest level referee in basketball right now. Like you're at the highest level. You get paid a very good wage. In these two-minute reports, like, if you keep fucking this thing up, we're just going to have to make changes. You know, like, we're going to have to you know, evaluate you every year. And that that's what you got to do. And, like, but, you get, you know, if they, if they keep messing things up consistently, you got to, you know, they got to do something about it. And, yeah, like, it's a slap in the face. Like, all right, you, you got screwed out of this call. Well, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to change the call. They're not going to change the... They're not going to change what happened in the game. They're not going to change the win versus the loss. You know, the only thing to me for the two-minute – and I was never big on the two-minute report or evaluating referees or whatever, but, like, if you're not doing your job on a consistent basis and you're making mistakes and you're at the highest level, there needs to be some consequences. You know, you got to continue to make this – the referees the best on the planet. You know, they're the best league in the world in basketball they gotta, they got to hold them to a higher standard. It doesn't matter if they're, it's your best ref or, or your worst ref in the ranking. If they're going to mess these things up, there's got to be some consequence, a thousand percent, in my opinion.
0: Yep, agree. I think it's good for the players. You know, you don't want to obviously disparage people from refereeing. We, we went on that spiel last week, mm-hmm. but um, there needs to be accountability for officials to same way as players. And sure. just quickly, so I don't get fact-checked by someone, some reason the Utah Jazz fouled and gave – uh, Joel Embiid, Beat another two free throws so he finished with 59 not 57. <laughs> Just so I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it people but uh moving on to the NBL it was a one week it was a, a week break uh, no games this weekend because of the um Australian Boomers and the FIBA qualifiers which I mean look uh, it's a privilege and honor for people to represent their country but some of these games pro I, I don't I don't see the point in them anyway the Boomers beat Kazakhstan by 40 or 50 uh, they then had to play Iran in Iran with everything going on there right now. Uh, they forfeited that match, refused to travel there, so we don't Australia doesn't know what FIBA's is going to hand down now um, as far as that goes. But smart decision by the Boomers with everything going on there. It's 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 a mess. Uh, protests and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's there's some killings and going on and, and whatnot and probably not the best place to be for a basketball team a uh, bunch of bunch of seven foot Australians and six foot Australians so they they pulled out of that but um, anyhow there's still some news in the NBL Craig Randall pro uh, you know famously lit up the Phoenix Suns not too long ago has been cut he's been released by the Adelaide 36 36s um, which is, which is very, very interesting. Uh, he he was he is the his top five in in scoring in the NBL with just over twenty a game, and mm-hmm. they have uh, they have moved him on. I mentioned three or four weeks ago on this podcast that I saw uh, before I even knew anything was going on. I had a feeling that something was up because the body language of this guy was absolutely horrible. He was going back and forth with head coach CJ Brut numerous times when he gets subbed out of games during the national anthem. Their whole team. Had lo- would lock arms. He'd be the only one not locking arms with the whole team. He'd be standing by himself. It just seemed like if he w- if they weren't winning with him doing well, he wasn't going to allow them to win with him doing bad. Um, it just it just didn't look good. And the the ultimate kiss of death comes from my good friend Kerry Homicide Williams, <laughs> uh, NBL commentator, a guy I've gone back and forth with numerous times. He anointed the. Imports of Frank's Randall and Cleveland, the Adelaide Thirty Sixes trio of imports, the best trio in NBL history ever. Yeah, this was only a couple of weeks ago. Ultimate kiss of death. That trio now is a duo, and Homicide's prediction has gone, gone, gone with the win. Pro, so the usual rule is pro in our league. Uh, if, if the Homicide Williams <laughs> anoints you with something, uh, that is a literal kiss of death. You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win a championship if he says you are. Your your best three. Literally a week later, one's going to get hit by a bus and sent back to, to the US. Like it's you don't want you don't want to be annoyed at anything by by by, by Kerry Homicide Williams. So uh, the big three is gone. But uh, interesting move for Adelaide 36ers. I know they've spent a lot of money on that roster. Uh, I don't believe he was guaranteed, which is a good thing for Adelaide. They don't have to pay him anymore. But they need to find a, a replacement and quick.
2: What do you think happened, Bogues, in, in your opinion truly, though? Like I know what you're saying, like body language or whatever. Do you think it was just like he didn't get – Now, has he – and again, I, I haven't followed his career that much besides what he did against Phoenix. Did he – Um, was he there for a while? Is this his first year? No, it's his uh,
0: first year in Australia. I think he was a G League guy. Okay. Uh, I don't believe be it. he's played anywhere else overseas um, that I know of. But he—I mean—he's a player. Like he's a—he's a—he's a gunner. He can play, man. The guy can, the guy can fill him up. Like he, when he's hot and he's in his zone, you—you you look at what he did to the Phoenix Suns. He, he can do that. The problem is, his best is unbelievable, and his worst is like really bad. Not so much play-wise, but but culture, mentality, and. So last season with the Long Island Nets, he went to – I'll give you a quick rundown. He went to Memphis for two years, transferred to UT Martin. I think it's Tennessee, right? Uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. Martin. Uh, undrafted, obviously. You know, played a year in the, in the G League. Uh, he scored 40. Um, you know, college of the College Park Skyhawks. Um, you know, he's he's a solid player, he's a gunner, but he's just not a pro. And I think that's one thing Homicide Williams, I'll give him credit for, said on, on the NBL overtime show was I didn't like I didn't like homicide's Homicide spiel because apparently he reached out to Randall. They had a conversation, and then this guy's now aired it publicly, which he shouldn't do. But he said that he's 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 a baller. He's not a pro, and I agree with that. He he needs to tweak that to, to a point where he can be a good player. Now, what I heard, pro, was this: I heard that coming. What really happened coming into into preseason? Their preseason mm-hmm. um, started as everyone else did, so it was preseason the NBL Blitz preseason tournament. Then they went off to the US to play in those games and then they came back for the NBL season. So they missed a round of NBL. My mail is that he, uh, during training camp, there were already reservations about his attitude, even during training camp. But, you know, there wasn't very many games. So they were like, you know what, it's practice, whatever. Once a game started, it'll change. NBL Blitz preseason, further reservations, so much so that there were some people talking about just, just you know, Peeling that Band-aid off fast and, and cutting him then and there and looking for a new import. They didn't do that. He they then go to the US and he lights <laughs> lights up, up against the Phoenix Suns, makes world news, there's big news here. Everyone in the NBL is talking about this big three. My male is, I think that Adelaide were then a bit gun shy to, to cut him. And maybe, you know, you 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 understand why. The guy just had a career game against the, you know, the Phoenix Suns, the first ever NBL team to beat an NBA team. They were a bit gun shy then to continue that conversation, and they kept him on. And I think there there were a lot of people that were disappointed with that, and they kept him for three or four weeks longer than they probably shouldn't have. And Adelaide aren't in aren't in the greatest of positions right now. Um, but the season still is young and salvageable. But that's kind of my male pro. They they got lulled into one of those one of those nights that Randall can have, and they they didn't make a move with what they thought they should have previously.
2: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There's so much money to be made in this game, and people just think it's like NBA, NBA, NBA. Well, international is a lot of money to be made, but you have to be able to be a winning player, in my opinion, as an import. Like, I think if you go to China, they they care a little less about winning and more about like stats-wise internationally, right? But like when you go. You know, because I think Australia is very comparable to the European game as far as what they view important, you know, in their game. Now, they do a little bit more with development with these younger guys with the program, both trying to get NBA draft pick, you know, type of type of players. But, like, to be an international player and really survive in this, because think about it, you could play nine, ten years internationally. You know, your first year, you're not making that much money, but, like, usually after that, you make a lot of money that like the from year 1 to year 2 is usually a huge jump. So you're talking probably about making an average of 400 grand or so on a 10-year span if if you get to a high enough level. So but you got to figure out how to be a winning player, how to impact winning, how to you know be a coachable player, how to get along with teammates even if you're faking it. I've seen some of the most deplorable motherfuckers You know, like fake being nice people and good guys and teammates. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Like, if you're going to fake it, fake it. But you can't just, like, yeah, he had this great game. That's one great game against Phoenix. But, like, now, if now he gets cut from here, so say he goes to like Red Star next week or goes to another team and pulls the same shit, you know, because look, everybody wants to win, nobody wants to get fired. Like, if they thought that he could he could win games for them, and, you know, they would have probably kept him. This isn't the NBA draft where you got to make a decision draft night. Like, they had him in practice. They had him in workouts. They had him in games, you know, and they finally made this decision. Obviously, it had to be something. But now as a professional, as a young professional, now it's like, all right, the first time you could blame them. Like, you can go to your next place and say, all right, I blame them. Now what if what what if it happens in another month where you, now you get cut again. Now you're almost like radioactive. Yeah, there's always a team. There's 8,000 fucking international teams you can play for. There's going to be another situation that you can win, you know, you can go to. But like at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, "Yeah, maybe it's me and I got to change." And and I got to do something different cuz yeah, you had one game, who gives a fuck? Everybody forgot about that game already you know like in in, you know in the basketball world you know so if you can't stick with a team you know and you get cut and this is an interesting deal like usually people get cut right around christmas that's when a lot of these like you know um, transfer jobs happen and stuff and he'll get another opportunity but again i didn't hear anything and the homicide williams thing is sort of like the Australian version of Pro because any team that I pick to win usually loses and every team that I pick lose usually fucking wins. So me and Homicide might have to go to Starbucks and share a coffee or something.
0: Must be an American thing, Pro.
2: Must be an American thing. No fucking doubt about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, the latter, just real quick in the NBL, I'll wrap this up. Sydney is sitting pretty at number one. They are the championship favorites right now by the bookies at $3. Uh, New Zealand are second. Cairns third, Southeast Melbourne are making a bit of a run here. They are fourth, Jack Jumpers are si- are fifth with Scott Roth. Melbourne United have snuck into sixth. So the top six this season gets in pro. They're doing the playing thing for five and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perth is seventh, Adelaide eighth, Brisbane ninth, and Illawarra tenth. What's interesting is Brisbane are ninth with three and five, and the bookies have them at $5.50, bro. So they have them as the fourth favorite. So they have to get a really good run on here to even make the the top four. But some bookies definitely like them having NBA presence. So pretty interesting there. Some games coming this weekend. Uh, we'll see how that all goes. Xavier Cooks is out for the Sydney Kings uh, still, I believe. Um, and the Illawarra Hawks, uh, I think, what are they, 1-8. and eight. They've lost a boatload of games. They don't look very good. And uh, some some issues down there, hopefully that can be a good game and it's going to be a tough game coming off a break when you play a bad team is your best player. But hopefully Xavier will be back sooner than later. That's kind of the NBL, not much to talk to there really. Dabble is betting me social media pro, as you said earlier. Thank you to Dabble for... Being now our sponsor here, Robo, you can follow your friends, mates, stalk the experts, trending tipsters, scroll through trending bets, copy them all in one tap. Get alerts when your mates and expert tipsters place bets. And most importantly, you can follow me, Andrew Boat, all one word. Go on, download the Dabble app, App store, have a dabble, dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Pro. Stats, useful or useless? You sent me this one. So this was a good one. Russell Westbrook is leading the Lakers from three and shooting a career high 36.2% from three useful, useless.
2: Mm. I mean, in overall, in overall, it's pretty useless to be honest with you because you're fucking winning about two games, but three games, but yeah, I think it's pretty useless to be honest with you. It's just one of those things he's, you know, he's not a good shooter. Everybody knows it and he's making threes and they're not winning. But it's got, again, it's got very little to do with him. But yeah, I just think it's pretty useless. What do you think?
0: I think it's useless, but it's also useful to tell us how bad they shoot the three. (laughs) (laughs) You've got Westbrook leading you from three. Historically, a pretty poor three-point shooter. Uh, They they need some shooting down there. So we know that, but uh, interesting nonetheless, considering how bad he started shooting the ball from three, he's made his way back up. So you got to give credit to Westbrook that he's grinded his way back into a respectable percentage, and I think moving him to the corner on a lot of these sets has gotten that, that three-point percentage better because he's shooting it pretty well from, from the corner. All right, KD in November Pro, 32 points on 56% field goals, 28 points on 47%, 27 points on 50%, 26 points on 50%, 29 points on 53%, 27 points on 63%. Useful, useless?
2: Mm. I it's useful. What do you think? Yeah, I'll
0: go useful and they're winning games. So the lineups have changed. KD's balling, you know, scoring at good clips. You know, this is a volume shooter and the lowest percentage out of all those numbers that I stated was 47.6%. So that's impressive. Um, he's shooting the ball at a good clip, gets to the line and they're winning games. So I would say useful on that one. Last one for me, Steph becomes more clutch as the game goes on. First quarter, 7.2 points. Second quarter, 8.3 points. Third quarter, 8.5 points. And fourth quarter, 9.1 points. He leads the NBA in clutch points per game, bro. Useful or useless?
2: I'd say it's pretty useful, even though they're not doing very well. But I I think that that, those numbers are pretty useful to figure out, like his clutch situation deal. What do you think?
0: Same, yeah. I think he's – you know, I watched that last game of theirs against Sacramento. They're playing again today, but uh, that last game where he just – he wouldn't let him lose. It was reminiscent of that game four in Boston where he just, he went crazy, knocked down a couple of threes and, and got him back in the game. And, you know, he, he's clutch when it, when you need a big shot made, um, he has daylight. It's an impressive, impressive, uh, athlete to watch one of the best in the world at his craft. And I think it's, it's very, very useful. I think at times he, he, um, I want to say coast into games, but he lets he lets other guys get involved and he's not too worried about his own shot. And then there'll be that big spurt bang, bang, bang. He gets in the game. And then fourth quarter, he just takes over. So very useful. What do you have for us this week? Fact or fake news?
2: Yeah, folks, Luka Doncic, 30. We talked about his usage rate and all that 34 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Luka will be the MVP of this season. This. This early on. We'll just talk about that. Luka Doncic is your MVP will be the MVP at the end of the year. Fact of fake news.
0: Fact fact. Fact. Yeah. I picked him I hopefully I can get one of my picks right. I picked him <laughs> as the MVP based on based on health. Based on he's actually starting the season um and playing all the games. You know, last season he 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 was in the running for the MVP and he missed what the first Maybe sixth, fifth, sixth of the season. Didn't play a lot early on. Got got hurt a little bit. with his calf and whatever. So the fact that he's healthy, putting up those numbers, I'm going to go fact on this one. bro. you? Yeah,
2: I'm going to say fact. I think he's, in my opinion, the best player in the game. Um, he's put up big numbers there. You know, they're going to be a team that that'll be in the top five. So it's not like he's going to put up all these numbers and they're going to be really bad. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to put up numbers. They're going to be good. And he just puts in, puts people in positions, and the guy's just electric to watch. I think, um, I think he's the MVP for sure. So I say I say that's fact. Folks, Utah Jazz. We keep talking about. We keep laughing about, you know, because we figured they're going to be the worst team in the league to try to tank to get all those picks and things like that. Um, which should we be talking about the Utah Jazz being a top five team in the West? You know, I know it's early. But the, the Utah Jazz will finish in the top five of the Western Conference. Fact or fake news? Oh,
0: that's a tough one. Uh, I'll go fake news. I think um, a couple of teams will start to 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 get some consistency and some form uh, out west. I
1: think I think Utah's taken a lot of people by surprise, mm-hmm. um, and they have fallen third now after their loss. So Portland's now number one in the West. By the way, as we speak right now, Phoenix second, Utah third. Uh, I think it's still uh, still too early in the season. They are ten and five. You still got Dallas, Belong, Memphis, Denver, the Clippers, uh, Golden State is, is all all the way down the doldrums. So, I'd like to think that yeah, I think Dallas and Memphis will jump them, and I think potentially Denver will as well. So, I will say fake news they won't be there, but I think they're gonna I think they're gonna scrape in a playoff slash playing game. So they they could maybe get six. If not, they're going to be in a playing game. I think I don't think they're going to, I just don't think they're going to fall to that bottom five looking at it right now. I think the Lakers, you can put a line through uh, two and 10, awful. Houston Rockets, the AAU team, as Pro said, awful. Golden State will jump out of there. Now, Minnesota, they're 12th right now. I think they potentially jump into a plane. Sacramento will be around 11. I think the Spurs will will fall back down to earth. And then OKC is the questionable one because they're winning some games lately too and they're playing really, really well. So, um, I will say, yeah, I, I think, um, Utah Jazz will fall out.
2: Yeah, I say to say so too. Obviously, they're in the hunt for, you know, what what people are saying as a generational player. I won't say that yet until I watch them more. But I mean, there's really no reason for them to, to hang in there. There's it's it's really good publicity right now for them to do what they're doing. You know, ten and four taking people by storm. Everybody's talking about them. I'm sure people want to come see them early, and they're doing a great job without question because they don't really they didn't really have much you know, at the beginning of the year where people were thinking that they were going to be a competitive team. They've done a great job, first-year head coach. Um, I think everything, you know, I think everything's sort of going their way. Now, that being said, they're only two games out of seven. So, for sure, that they're going to take a a plunge with this. But I think they're going to be competitive. I think they might fight it for a while, but I I think they're going to fit. they're, They're obviously going to go to that bottom tier. Not probably the worst team in the league, but, like, I think that they're gonna, you know, definitely fall on this for sure. So I could I could definitely see that. On another note, Bogues, you know, we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets playing well and you know under Jacques Vaughn and things. You know, right now they're, you know, as it stands, without knowing without really tabulating like the other teams or how they did today, right now I had them at ninth, you know, in the East. Do you think that the Brooklyn Nets now with the changes they've made not knowing any, of course, if they're going to make any more trades, that they're going to that they will finish in the top five in the East uh, at the end of the year. Fact or fake? They will finish in the top five. Fact or fake news?
0: Well, oh, fake news. I think Milwaukee, Milwaukee and Boston are going to wrestle for one. Um, mm-hmm. Atlanta potentially. I'm still not sold on them, but they're playing better basketball. I think Cleveland will be up there. I think Philly's going to scrape in that. I, I think tops maybe six, maybe six. But as yeah. it stands right now um i think they could jump chicago toronto and indiana which would put them in the 7 so i'll say fake news they're definitely not getting 5 i think their best case is 6 um i just don't think you know uncertainty around kyrie does he come back and just put his head down and keep quiet play and not cause any problems the ben simmons saga coming off the bench they they're missing obviously a, a, a star player now that's ben simmons he's coming off the bench um some of their shooters they got they got a lot of guards So the rotations are kind of all over the place at the moment. Patty's out of the rotation now, for instance. He's lost his minutes. Um, Curry's back from injury. He's starting to find his feet. I've just read they're trying to move Joe Harris, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, So, yeah, I think they'll be competitive. I think they're just going to be a bit more steady. Um, They're not going to be as yo-yo-ish, but I don't think they're going to make the top five, bro.
2: Yeah, it's a a tough one for me. I I think right now – there's a lot of there's a lot of room for them to grow a little bit for sure you know especially just moving on from what they're doing but you don't know what's gonna happen on Kyrie everyone has their idea you know they're gonna release him they're gonna trade him um, he's gonna go to LA whatever um, I'm not sure about that but um, there are a lot of teams playing decent above them like you know Washington and Indiana you expect them just to sort of fall just a tad. Um and then teams like the Toronto Raptors are so sort of right there where they they're they're at seven and seven and they could be playing better. Um, Miami and Philly, like I just think there are too many teams. I say fake news. There's probably just too many teams that are just going to figure it out. Um, and I know right now they're they're playing really well, but um, I think I think they're going to come down to earth. Plus, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Durant to to bring it every night you know, without really that second superstar with them. Um, and again, you don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. So it's going to be a lot. It's going to be very taxing physically. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't see them in the top five. I didn't even like them when they had Kyrie and, and KD. Like, I didn't I didn't think they were going to be a great team or anything. I don't think they were going to be a, uh, a bottom dweller, but I, I thought they were going to be in that play-in, that play-in range, even with those guys. So – um I say it's fake news. I don't think
0: they're going to finish in the top five. Agree. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Rogue Bogues Basketball Podcast. Please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, both at Rogue Bogues, on Facebook we're Rogue Bogues. And check out Pro and his scouting film food promotion service. Just nice. joking about the last part. At, Ho- at Hoop Consultants. Uh, for some, If you need some film breakdown or whatnot, check that out if you've got you know, young kids or teenagers, or you're trying to aspire to be a pro. Send some clips and he will take care of you.
2: Pro. Anything else? Yeah, I'm gonna give Steve a technical foul if 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 he if he takes that uh, if he takes that food re- <laughs> review fucking part out of your line. No, fucking Steve, keep that shit. No, nothing else. The Bogus sound guy. The sound, guy. the sound guy. <laughs> the sound guy. The sound guy. All right. See ya. Right.
1: Okay.
2: Let's get rogue.